Sound Words, Christian Magazine, Volumes 91-98. Republished by Irving Risch, host of Down to Earth but Heavenly-Minded Podcast. The Second Coming of the Lord. Paul's Epistles. Although the Lord's coming again is not specially mentioned in the epistle to the Romans, it is involved in different passages, as in Romans chapter 1 verse 18, where it is written. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. This will be when the Lord Jesus comes out of heaven in judgment. The glory of God for which we hope, Romans chapter 5 verse 2, and are having part in the reign of life, Romans chapter 5 verse 17, are when Christ comes again. The manifestation of the sons of God, Romans chapter 8 verse 19, and the deliverance of the creation from the bondage of corruption, will also be when the Lord Jesus comes out of heaven, and his saints with him. This is the day, that is at hand, the day of Christ, Romans chapter 13 verse 12, so often spoken of by the prophets of the Old Testament. 1 Corinthians. The day of which we have just spoken is brought before the saints at Corinth, where the apostle says, Ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 7-8. Christ's testimony among the saints at Corinth had been confirmed in the many gifts bestowed on them for their encouragement and growth in the things of God. What the ascended head of the church has given to his saints, whether local gift or gift for the whole church, has the day of Christ in view. We are being formed in the truth of God, and prepared for the time when we shall come out with Christ in display. What is ministered of Christ is to be wrought into the soul by the Spirit of God who dwells in us. Every saint, and every servant of the Lord, is to judge nothing before the time, until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5. We are to judge actions, but never motives, for God alone can judge perfectly the motive of our every word and action. If we are judged harshly by others, we can safely leave all with God, for the coming of the Lord will put everything right. We are not to seek the praise of men in this day, but to wait for the praise of God in Christ's day. While waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus, we have many individual and collective privileges as saints of God, and none that can surpass the remembrance of the Lord. Having spoken of this, the Apostle says, For as often as ye eat this bread, and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 26. It is blessed for the saints to have communion together in relation to the death of Christ, and an immense privilege to have part in continuing this announcement of his death until the Lord comes for his church. No amount of failure in the church can deprive the saints of this precious privilege, nor is it laid down that we must keep to any specific period for the commemoration, the word is, as often. Resurrection is the subject of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 23 shows that those who belong to Christ will be raised from the dead, at his coming. Then verse 51 discloses that, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. This wondrous event will take place in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. This scripture does not show the rapture of the saints to heaven with Christ, but tells of the events that take place when Christ comes out of heaven to raise the dead saints and change the living saints. Just before all are together raptured to heaven to be forever with the Lord, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. The final announcement of the Lord's coming again in this epistle is in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 22, If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha, that is, accursed at the coming of the Lord. This is a solemn word for all to hear. How right it is that all should love the Lord Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all, that they might have the blessing of God freely offered to them in the gospel. And how righteous the judgment of God upon all who reject or refuse his great salvation. 
2 Corinthians is occupied with the gospel of the glory of Christ and with the exercises of the apostle regarding the saints, and those certain passages, such as the obtaining of our heavenly house in chapter 5, are dependent on the coming of the Lord, the subject as such does not form part of the epistle. Galatians, which is the defense of the gospel, does not directly deal with Christ's coming again. Ephesians shows the saints to be already in Christ in heavenly places, so that while the hope of the calling and other passages involve the coming of the Lord, the subject is not directly brought before us. Philippians. The day of Jesus Christ, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 will be ushered in by the coming of the Lord, and the work of God in every believer has that day in view. God will bring his Son into display before the vast universe in the day of his glory. Christ will be personally displayed in his own glory as Son of Man, in his Father's glory, and in the glory of the holy angels, Luke chapter 9 verse 26, but he will also be displayed in the saints. The new creation work of God in them, which is all of Christ, will be seen by all when they come forth with him. In that day, the fruits of righteousness which have been produced in the saints in this day will also be displayed. All our trials and exercises are in view of the day of Christ, Philippians chapter 1 verse 10, and are being used of Christ to bring pleasure to his God and Father now, as they also will in that day of display. How very encouraging it is for the saints of God to know that our whole life down here is in view of the coming day. When the Lord Jesus shall return and bring us out of heaven with him for his own pleasure and joy, and also for the glory of his Father. Knowing that Christ is coming has a very separating effect on the saints of God, even as we read in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Saviour. The Lord Jesus Christ, the one who has already saved us from the consequences of our sins by his death upon the cross, who has saved us from the power of Satan and from the fear of death, is soon coming to save us out of this world through which we are passing. We are in the world, but are not of it, for we belong to heaven where our Lord is, and from whence he is soon coming to take us to be forever with himself. Our whole manner of life should be heavenly, and in separation from the world which crucified our Lord and Master and still refuses his claims. When the Lord comes, he shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself, Philippians chapter 3 verse 21. To enter heaven we must have our bodies changed, for flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, and this the Lord will do when he returns. The mighty power that will bring the whole universe into subjection to him in the day of his glory is able to fashion our bodies like his. That which is mortal will be swallowed up of life, and that which is corruptible will put on incorruptibility. Colossians. As risen with Christ, the saints of God are to set their minds on things above, not on things on the earth. For we are dead in relation to the things in which the man of this world has his life. Our life, as Christians, is a hidden life, of which the man who lives in this world knows nothing. It is a divine life, and heavenly, and is enjoyed in communion with Christ above. Indeed, Christ is our life, for we have nothing that God has given to us outside of him, and all its features are to be found in him. Soon the life that is hidden will come into manifestation, for, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory, Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. We shall live with Christ in the enjoyment of the communion we have known while passing through this world as a risen, heavenly people. The conditions of life will be altogether different, for we shall have glorified bodies, and we shall live in another world, but the life will be the same, the life that has its source and communion in Christ. Timothy. Timothy had been left at Ephesus by Paul when he went into Macedonia to charge them that they teach no other doctrine, and the apostle added, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 3 to 5. 
The first epistle has much for Timothy personally, and much for him to pass on to the saints of God. In the last chapter, having exhorted his son in the faith to flee the love of money and such things, the apostle writes, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things. And before Christ Jesus, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 10 to 14. This commandment no doubt embraced all that the apostle in this epistle gave in charge to Timothy, all concerning behavior in the house of God, all that was to be avoided and all that was to be pursued. Nothing was to be surrendered, the commandment was not to be spotted by human tradition, by compromises or by the introduction of anything proceeding from the heart or mind of man. The allowance of human thought or will in the things pertaining to the house of God called for stem rebuke. Nothing in the way of change was to be countenanced, but all held firmly until the day of Christ's appearing, the day in which faithfulness to his absent master would have its bright reward. Paul ever had the day of Christ's appearing in view, it governed his whole life and service, for he could say, I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. As a servant of the Lord he was passing through suffering, but he was not ashamed, for he could perceive by faith the glories of the coming day of Christ, when he would have his happiness and bright reward in his own company. As in the first epistle, the apostle gives Timothy a charge, saying, I charge thee therefore before God, and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 to 2. Timothy was to look to the coming day, as the apostle himself did, the day when the living would be judged, and the time when the dead would be judged. Every man's life will come up for review before God at the judgment seat of Christ, and it was for the servant of the Lord to be faithful in all things in view of that day. That day is again before the mind of the apostle in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. He knew that he would receive a crown of righteousness from the Lord, the righteous judge. But he also knew the crown was not for himself only, but also to all who love his appearing. We may well ask ourselves, do we love his appearing? Are we looking forward with joy to the time when Christ shall have his rights in this world, when he shall be seen by all as the righteous judge, and as the King of kings and Lord of lords? And are we living apart from the present course of things in this world, viewing it as crucified in Christ's cross, and content to wait for our part with Christ in his kingdom and glory? Titus. The hope of eternal life, of which Paul wrote to Titus in the second verse of his epistle to him, refers to our blessing in the coming day. To the life we shall enjoy with Christ in the day of his glory, and in the Father's house for all eternity. Already we have the eternal life in the Son of God, 1 John chapter 5 verse 11, a present possession of all believers in him. But soon we shall enter into the full enjoyment of the eternal life in the company of the Son, when he gives us our bodies of glory. This blessed hope is mentioned also in Titus chapter 2 verse 13 and 3 Titus. 7. Coupled with the truth of eternal life in Titus chapter 2 verse 13 is the glorious appearing of the great God and our Saviour Jesus Christ. The grace of God with divine salvation has already reached us through God's Son. And grace teaches us how to live for God's pleasure down here, but while living for God we are to be looking for the appearing of the Lord Jesus. Everything will be put right in that day, so we are to live for God in view of that day. How wonderful it is that those who believe in the Lord Jesus can look forward with confidence and joy to the appearing of the Lord, knowing that he who is hidden from the sight of men today, but whom we see by faith on the throne, will soon appear in his glory to put everything right.